recording with the one and only Mr. Greg Phillips. I believe you are third time on here on Thursday, May 11th, 2023 at 4 or 4 p.m. Eastern time. You know, I, I, I think we did. I think we did about a year ago or something. I think man. so. Maybe, yeah. it wasn't, maybe it wasn't that long. I think it was around. I think it was around. A, I vividly remember because I did it. And then I went and I think like that night I finished the podcast and then I flew out to go see some friends, some close friends of mine yeah. who are all yeah. insanely, insanely liberal. And they're like, up yeah, Tommy, the north, has the podcast the going? Northeast somewhere, right? Yeah. To Maryland <laughs> yeah. I was like, like how's the podcast going? I was like, pretty good. And one of them pulled it up and I was like, oh man, the most recent episode is me and Greg Phillips talking about like election integrity, integrity in the Marxist left. And I just remember, I remember saying, I was like, this is maybe like the worst episode for you guys to check out because I think it starts <laughs> with like communists or godless heathens. And, like, and I'm like, well, you know, God has a sense That's of humor. It. Yeah. There but, you go. With that, uh, for everyone that doesn't uh, know you or maybe hasn't watched our past episodes, aside from being a beard aficionado, uh, Mr. Phillips, could you could you please introduce yourself and just kind of tell them who you are? Sure. Uh, name's Greg Phillips. I've been in the uh, elections, political sort of intelligence space for about 40-something years. Uh, started in Alabama in 1982 and, and uh, done lots of things since then, been all over the country, run super PACs, run state parties, run, uh, uh, run lots of campaigns and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, and uh, these days, uh, we run our own uh, election intelligence uh, uh, uh Data Fusion Center. Um, we uh, partner with uh, Catherine Engelbrecht and her 501c3 at True the Vote, and um, we get uh, get a lot of stuff done. Uh, 2,000 Mules was uh, was one of our one of one of our efforts, uh, or at least from the, the research and the, um, I guess I don't know if, that's, I don't know if you'd say we 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 were featured. I think that's what the playbill says is that we were featured in the movie, but it was our stuff. Um, and um and yeah i mean we're, we're getting ready to roll here we got to spend a little bit of time last in jail last year after after exposing some um um, um chinese uh, communist um, party shenanigans in the united states elections and and uh, here we are it's already uh, what may and and uh, i think we're what 15 months out from the election or something crazy 16 months out yes sir it's great it's a crazy time and Dude, so what's up with you, man? Every time I come on here, I, I'm just thinking I'm, I keep getting I keep getting freaking older. My beard gets more gray, and I, I look at you, and you're getting and you're getting younger. What the hell? Well, it's uh, I I am a I am a DARPA AI bot. A lot of people have, have wondered that, and uh, <laughs> it is the truth. I am purely nanotubes and nanobots. I am from DARPA. I am a World Economic Forum prototype. Still haven't worked out the kinks, but. So I actually do, am regressing in age and getting smarter with every passing. Now I I, uh, I had a pretty bad panic attack in September of last year, probably the worst one I'd ever had, and uh, was like, yeah, I think I just got to cut out alcohol. And after cutting out alcohol, it's well, when you're not drunk, it's a lot easier to not order McDonald's. And uh, so I've lost about thirty pounds in the last six months. Ew, and, uh, <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, I'm like, well, you know, I miss alcohol, but. I also kind of like fitting in pants again, so that's cool. Hey, yeah. I can't grow yeah, a beard, which is a curse. Yeah, wait till you get older, man. I, I, told, I think I told I think I told you or at least maybe somebody else last year that uh, I couldn't really grow a beard good until after I, until after I got cancer the first time. So if you can't grow one, weird. don't worry about it. You'd rather not have a beard than have cancer. I promise. Well, well 
Yeah, so it's not going to work, though, because my grandpa, I take it after my mom's grandpa. Me and my little brother do. My two older brothers don't. They can both grow beards. My grandpa died in his 80s never being able to grow a beard. Gets patchy, catchy BS, and that's what... That's what I have. Still enough that I have to shave, or it looks disgusting. So that's uh that's the one bad hand I was dealt. But uh yeah, everything's good. Moved up to New England, getting closer to family. I mean, really, couldn't, nice. couldn't be happier. I mean, really can say excellent news. Excellent news. Can really say I am more at peace, more in touch with God, more honest with myself than I've ever been in my life. And uh, good news. That's a you. that that's that's to me good news. And um. And now, after that, after that preface of saying good news and optimism, I'm now going to be the the pessimist. Um, so, watched some of those uh, clips from Trump last night, and I, and I was laughing my ass off. And but I also feel a little bit like Charlie Brown in the football, and everyone's like, listen to that crowd. It's a, they're, he's getting an ovation, which is a good indicator. If your CNN sure. crowd is cheering for Trump, that's probably a, a strong indicator. I can't look past what happened at five in the morning after the election. And I like, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but everyone's like Trump just, they just handed Trump the election. I'm like, yes, on paper in a world of, of, of fair elections and just numerical counting, I would say he won. However, we have passed that, passed that precipice of open fraud and uh, we now know that the people's voice doesn't actually matter if you can just bring in pallets of ballots at 5 a.m. And what a coincidence I have on the expert himself with us. Your thoughts well, on things. going forward. Yeah, let me let me jump in. Yes, um, so. So, um, of course, last night was excited. Uh, number of calls happened at the same time. So I was kind of in and out watching it. So part of it, I think they name checked us and, and, um, you know, another, uh, Trump did and, and, uh, you know, all that's great. Um, I don't think they gave him the election. I think they may have given him the nomination, uh, hmm. at least to, to get him to November, uh, which, which, you know, so to your, to, to your point though, you know, uh, assuming that, that that's true, you know, we still have to contend with this. Um, we've done a lot of work on this, and this goes back to, you know, in the United States, back to 1800, or excuse me, yeah, 1800. So they stole it from, uh, tried to steal it from Thomas Jefferson in 1800. It was a different process. It was, it was a different way to elect presidents back then. Uh, but nevertheless, they tried to steal it from him, and he, you know, wrangled around and stole it and, and basically, you know, pulled it back away from the thieves. Um, a few years later, in 1824, uh, they stole it from Andrew Jackson. Four years after that, he figured out how they stole it, and he stole it back from them. But this country's been through 1850, 18, um, uh, uh, let's see, that would be uh, 1852 uh, was a problem. 1856 was a problem. 1860 was a problem. 1864 was a problem. Of course, that was during the war. Um, and then you get into the whole Tammany Hall stuff up in up in New York that basically controlled politics for um, at least for, for most of the country's population for for, you know, a good 20, 25 years. Uh, but they were stealing left and right. They were stealing local. They were stealing from Democrats. They were stealing from Republicans. Everybody was stealing from everybody. And it was a massive disaster in 1860 or 1960. Truth be told, uh, John F. Kennedy won because they they stole Chicago. Mm-hmm. And they stole Texas. Yeah, with with Lyndon B. Johnson. Yeah, 
And now fast forward again, and you, you've got remnants of all of this all throughout time. I've got a, a, a four or five minute video that we put up, a mentor of mine, a guy that I, I started working for when I was just a kid, a guy named Perry Hooper was running for chief justice of the Alabama Supreme Court in, in uh, 1994, went to bed ahead by 15,000 votes, woke up behind by 24 votes. Uh, turns out that they indeed manufactured votes in a, a rural county in Alabama. Um, and uh, and he fought back. Had some amazing lawyers with him, uh, Bert Jordan and, and uh, there's, uh, uh, gosh, there was a whole, there was like seven or eight lawyers uh, against the Clinton Justice Department and uh, the Alabama Trial Lawyers Association. It took 11 months to get him seated, but the United States Supreme Court ultimately said about that race, Whatever the law is, is the law on election day. And it doesn't matter what the lawyers think, doesn't matter what the candidates think, doesn't matter what the people think. Mm. What the law is, is the law, and you can't make up your own law. Second thing they said was there's no such thing as substantial completion on a ballot. In other words, if the law says that you've got to have um, on the envelope of a mail-in ballot, that you've got to have um, a signature, a date, a witness's signature and the witness's date, then you've got to have two signatures and two dates. And that's just it. And it's not, and if there's two signatures and one date, it's not good enough. Not horseshoes and hand grenades. Exactly right. And so the United States Supreme Court was very clear about that. Um, so what they set out to do at that point was really to start cheating in other ways. That case, the Hooper case, was ultimately um, uh, one of the deciding arguments in the uh, Bush v. Gore uh, fiasco a few years later, uh, six years after, and, and, uh, and here we are. And so what they've done today is, is they've really, uh, as Catherine says, they, they institutionalized the fraud now, right? So it's not as blatant as it was. It's not as, oh my gosh, it's out there. Now it's just like, okay, the only way we can do, I'm paraphrasing here for, for all of their cheats, but, but the only way we can win this thing is if we get a whole bunch of mail-in ballots um, that are that are or a whole bunch of ballots that are in the mail that can be manipulated for people who don't live there anymore or so on and so forth. So you have all these extra ballots hanging around. So what are they going to do? They're going to go stuff them in drop boxes. They're going to go, they're going to mail them in and, and you know fake the signature, or they're just going to mail them in, not sign them at all. And because the Republicans. Uh, in 1982, signed a consent decree that said in New Jersey, it's called the New Jersey Consent Decree, sort of infamously amongst Republicans. And what they said was, we're not going to ever get involved in election integrity issues ever, forever. In 1982, that was signed. So what happened was from 82 to 92 to 2002 to 2018, when it finally expired you had the democrats lining up you know the mark Eliases of the world and all these you know souped up lawyers and they're in their you know five thousand dollar suits and all of this kind of stuff but they're skilled in in obfuscating the facts in election integrity cases all the while because the republicans weren't allowed to work in election integrity from, you know, for all those, uh, what is that, uh, 18 and, and, uh, and 18, so 36 years 
um, Republicans weren't allowed to do election integrity activities and by their own agreement. So you, you didn't have any lawyers that were skilled. You didn't have lawyers that were ready to fight. We have good lawyers on our side, but not skilled in election integrity matters. So by the time 2020 rolls around, you had you had lawyers that were, you know, might have been great litigators on, you know, corporate espionage sure. or whatever, who were called into action on something that they had no idea about. So we're talking to lawyers all over the country in 2020, 2020, early 2021. And they're like, well, we don't know much about this, but we're really good lawyers. And of course, you know, they don't realize that the time's a ticking. And once that vote was certified, you know, the likelihood of turning it around was very limited in any state. And to make it even more complicated, of course, we have the Electoral College at the federal level. And then once those electors discharge their duty, which is to elect the president, they cease to be electors. And so all of these things compounded into um, into challenge after challenge after challenge that our lawyers on our side were ill-equipped to argue. And so, so what it gave was this illusion that that everything's okay, you know. Democrats figured out how to shut us down, how to you know just call us liars, get the courts to sanction us, blah 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 blah. And and then twenty two rolls around. So twenty twenty two was a little bit of a tiny bit of a hybrid into that, right? The right lawyers finally started getting their nose up under the tent. Finally started getting some people that kind of had, yeah, okay, I get that. Um, you know, we found a great group of lawyers that we're working with. Um, Carrie Lake's working with a great group of lawyers, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Kurt Olson and that team. And, and, and as, you, as you really start kind of thinking about this, the most our lawyers could be skilled as four years, tops, right, from 2018 to, to, to 2022. Yeah. But now we've got a couple cycles behind us. Um, we've got a we've got a lot of opportunity to educate folks. Uh, we've got this new product called Open Inc. Open Inc. We're gathering all of the election integrity related litigation as far back as we could possibly grab it. We're going to get every motion, everything that there ever was available, and we're going to make it available to the lawyers um, on the right, so that so that they'll at least have the ability to go back and and look at it. One of the interesting the reason we're kind of honed in on that is when we decided to make that little video and I'll, I'll shoot you a link on it. It's on our, uh, it's on our, uh, our rumble page. Um, we couldn't find the data. We couldn't find the information. We couldn't find the newspaper articles. We couldn't find, I had to go down uh, and, and John David had to go down to uh, meet with judge Hooper's son and go meet. We, we got video of judge Hooper's wife explaining she's, she's much older now, but, it was, it was an amazing video and we learned so much, but the point of all this is the data wasn't available online readily. How could that be? A major decision by the, by the U.S. Supreme Court about a matter pertinent to everything happening in 2020 and we couldn't find it? I was deep involved in that case. I knew where everything was. I knew what it was. I remembered press conferences and so on and so forth. John David ends up down at the Department of Archives in Montgomery, Alabama, digging through all manner of files we pulled out. Uh, the Hooper family had a whole bunch of stuff, and, and you'll see in the video, we show some of the archives. Uh, we show some of the videos that he was able to obtain from the Department of Archives. Um, but, but think about the two points that the Supreme Court made and how, how salient and how relevant are they even today? 
-hmm. Whatever the law is on election day is the only thing that matters. And there is no such thing as substantial or, or, or partial completion or substantial completion in that case. And there's no such thing as that. And they don't recognize that in the law and the Supreme Court didn't. How important would that have been in Arizona right now, mm -hmm. where Kerry's looking? They're looking at envelopes without signatures, with bogus signatures. You know, what does this matter? What does the law say about the signatures? You know, forget what this uh, uh, Rumbarger company or whatever they're called is doing. Think about what the law says. What is the law, folks? And um, you know, and quit worrying about whether or not um, you know whether or not some some judge somewhere is uh, fully fully briefed up on a case that happened in Alabama in 1994. Well, let's get down and educate these lawyers at everything they need to know. Let's support them with data. Let's support them with information. Um, and let's start, more importantly, let's start fighting back against this bogus process. Now that we have some lawyers to help us and, you know, for us, you know, we went to jail over a related issue. Um, but we had great lawyers, the great lawyer. These great lawyers helped us get out of jail. Um, and then we turned it around and used Open Ink to expose all of this data. We pushed it all onto Open Ink. A day later, they dropped the lawsuit against us. Hmm. And and so these are the kind of tools and the kind of um, um, methods we have to use. Tommy, the bottom line is, and I was talking to Boone Cutler and Mike Flynn about this. We have to stop playing defense only, right? You can't win a game if all you're doing is playing defense. You have to play offense. And so what are you going to play offense with? Are, are you going to do it or are you not going to do it? Yeah, we still need folks playing defense, trying to catch them doing bad things. And, you know, we've got to have, you know, all sorts of surveillance around these drop, drop boxes. And, you know, we've got to have, you know, uh, trained trained people while they're counting. And we've got to know what to do if you get kicked out and so on and so forth. All those things are important, but that's all defense. What are we going to do about offense? How are we going to do this? You know where they beat us? They beat us on the ground. They're walking in these voters' lives, and they know that if uh, Jane Doe moves from Atlanta to Birmingham, uh, that that her ballot is still going to be coming to her house, the old house, because they don't take them off the rolls. And and so all of these things are are super important to know from a defensive perspective. But but what? What if uh, the parallel here would what if we knew that Jane moved into into Hoover, Alabama? Right. And and what are we going to do about that? Well, let's let's do it when they see the church. You know how they you know how they get new members or a lot of churches do. They go look at water starts when they turn on your water and turn on your power. They go knock on their they go knock on their door. They send somebody from the church over, knock on their door and say, hey, I'm from, you know, the, this so and so Baptist church. And, you know, we'd love to have you come visit with us. That's what we have to do. That's what they're doing to us. So it's both playing offense and playing defense. I don't buy this notion that we're never going to win again. Yeah. I don't believe it. No. You know, the, the reality is that if you consider that the national popular vote doesn't even exist, you know, the left loves to talk about this, that Hillary won the national popular vote and Biden won by whatever millions of votes. And so, so what? It doesn't matter. It's not how you elect presidents. It may matter down ballot. It does matter down ballot. But but that's why we've got to have folks on our farm team running for school board, folks on our team, you know, running for, for state rep and state senator and Congress and senators and so on and so forth. We've got to have folks that we that believe in what we're talking about here. We've got to have folks ready to fight back in all of these races. And uh, once we do that, you know, we, we got a chance. I can say this with certainty, Tommy. 
We have more folks in the election integrity movement today than in my 42 years in this business. Wow. By far, nothing even close. I mean, I can remember years like in 1994, there was nobody working election integrity for Judge Oprah. There was nobody in the polls. You know, there were some poll watchers, but, you know, they were mostly yeah. for the other side, right? Yeah. Um, and, but now, you can you can imagine. I mean, what we got to do is we've got to target these precincts from a defensive perspective. We've got to target the precincts that are problematic. We've got to target it down to the census block, and we have to understand everything there is to know. We've got to have block captains and and precinct captains and rolling up to county county directors and state directors. We've got to take this away from the RNC. The RNC is never ever ever going to help. They're not going to help. You can already tell now they're pushing back against Trump. They're doing everything they can do to help DeSantis. And they're just, you know, they're just desperate to have it, right? We've got a, a we, we sort of euphemistically internally call it building an open RNC, hmm. you know, because the RNC is a closed club, man. It ain't You're you not and part me. Of it. Ain't you and me. Forget it. Yeah. It ain't us. Right. They are as it's, different than you. They and the DNC are far more similar than me and a liberal who is in the apartment across Correct. the hall. We both make the That's same a, amount of money and live in the same building. Yeah, yeah. Catherine says it this way. We're all a lot more like than we are different. Right? A, a million percent. There is a very small group of people with an inordinate, inordinate amount of power and money and pull in both the, or the military, the finance industry, the legislative branch, the entire global projection of U.S. hegemony in D.C., they are alien. They, for all intents and purposes, they are a different species than you and I. We are probably in the same tax bracket. We probably pay the same amount for groceries. We are much more alike. And to look at a a, a slight difference in the color of the tie that the millionaire lobbyist in D.C. wears, because one wears a baby blue and one wears a dark red, to think that they are the savior, it's, it's your own fault. Amen. That's exactly right. Listen, uh, you know, when, when uh, back when they were doing the RNC's election and and uh, I know a little bit about this stuff and, you know, and folks, I think there's 168 members now. So so every state has or, excuse me, every yes, every state has three. Let me rephrase that. Every state and every territory has three members of okay. the Republican National Committee. So and so so the three people in Puerto Rico have the same pull as the three people in Massachusetts. Okay. or in California or Texas or whatever. And so this is how they manipulate the situation, right? So you've got all of these, the Mariana Islands and, and all of these Guam. people, Guam. There should be six, right? So 168, 50 times three would be 158. Yeah, 168. There would be six, right? Yeah. Guam. That's exactly right. Mariana, Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Uh, what else is what there? What would be the other I'm three? Or Virgin Islands? We'll figure it out. Is that one? USVI? There you go. There, there you go. And there's probably like two more tiny. I think there are, yeah, two like weird little territories. Getting out into the weeds. Sorry, 168. Yeah, but anyway, the point the point of it is this: that's a very close club, and and people were kept saying, well, okay, well, well, we're going to take this thing over. I think Lindell ran, and I think um, um, uh, Army Dillon ran, who who happened to be part of the club. Well, there was no way that Lindell was going to win. You know why? Wow. He's not part of the club. Yeah, he's not part of the 168. Yeah, there's nothing he could have done. He yeah. wasn't going to win. And Harmeet's problem was Harmeet was from California, and and so right there, it, 
the whole thing sort of explains itself, right? And and you've got you've got Ronda McDaniel running a, a an operation that you know is spending you know zillions of dollars. You can't raise money from for a candidate, or you can't get any from the committees unless you use their favored payment processing system so that they can generate their own money, mm-hmm. sell their own lists over and over and over again, win red, act blue, whatever it is. It's all the same thing. It's all part of the club. They're all generating cash and it's all bullshit. Yeah. Complete bullshit. And, and so uh, we've sort of internally been talking a little bit about, you know what? They talk about parallel economies. How about a parallel political party? I'm not talking about, you know, starting a new, patriot party or anything like that because all that's going to do is just siphon off votes and you know we, we might never win um but what if you started a parallel and what if you what if you could gain enough power inside the party to get a bigger vote yeah. voice not saying you could but what if you could i also and don't... uh anyway you got to do so we got to do something and um you know if we don't do it then we're doomed forever but uh, it's just not my way, man. This may be my last rodeo or, or not, or, you know, but for sure my, my, my Alaba, uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not turning back. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how many are amassed outside the walls. We're going to fight back until we die. And, and that's just the way it is, which brings me back to the, la- to the previous point. This has been going on for over 200 years yeah. in this country, right? Been, for 225 years, they've been cheating. And so if that's true, then, then, then I, I think that this statement is sort of um, illustrative of what we all have to believe. So, so it's the plight of the patriot to be forever di- diligent in these elections and to keep make them be free and fair and keep them on you know as level as we can, uh, because we're just a half a step away from from mob rule, and they've already talked about national popular vote. And, uh, you know, if we if we stop being vigilant and we stop fighting, the truth of the matter is these elections are like individual battles. They're not the war. The war is for the republic. The war is for the, the, the continuance of this of this great nation and, and, you know, this God given republic that was that was, you know, hoist upon us all. And, um, you know, you either fight back or you sit home or sit on Twitter and complain or or. Uh, get on true social and, you know, and, and bitch cause you don't like me and you don't like what I say and you don't like my words and you don't, you don't like my beard or I don't care. Jealous so of the I, beard. It's jealousy. So, so, so oh, that's true. So, so if, if you're a patriot, it doesn't matter what you think about me, get out and do something, get mm-hmm. out and fight. If, if your job is to complain about me, maybe you're actually not on our side, right? Who's paying you? Mm-hmm. Is it coming from, you know, who, who, get, who do you get your paycheck from? Act Blue? You know, I don't know. Doesn't make any difference to me. Or or, or possibly even Wayne Red mm. or those crowds. There and so who, who cares? You know what? We're going to win this thing one way or another, and we're just going to keep fighting until we do. And, and uh, you know, young folks like y'all getting into the game and, and uh, John David getting in the game and all these other young people that are, that are involved in it, you guys are the future of all this stuff. You know, our, our, our work is basically done. Um, you know, I've got a few more cycles at the max and, um, and, uh, you know, you guys have to do this, but you're going to be having this conversation or something like this with somebody in 30 years, brother. Well, there's a lot of takeaways from all of that. And for me, I'll take the biggest one. And it's, um, it's, this has been going on for 200 years. 
when when you first realize that that's very that's very depressing right but then it's almost sort of it's almost enlightening and it's almost inspiring in that but in a rep in a representative republic it is just true that it's the plight of the patriot to hold the line on the elections so right? that's why we're here let's look at world war one let's look at all the uh defense contractors that were uh that were selling um inoperative rifles it's evil uh, you're, you're killing men right let's look at the people double dipping in world war ii that will always happen does that mean the entire military is screwed no does that mean every war is evil absolutely not but it does mean that you're gonna have a certain amount of fraud and disgust in all these organizations and if you try to throw the whole thing out then you're going to die with nothing because you're always going to be looking for perfection and perfection doesn't right. exist so you whereas you might look at something like you know, you see the 2020 election, you go, well, it's over. They've stolen the election. Now they own the apparatus of the government and the levers of power. They're going to do whatever they want. And then you go, well, the, you know, Bush might have stolen it 2000. And then you go, JFK, LBJ. But we're still here. And so there's actually a moment of, of brevity in that you realize they have been stolen before and the republic didn't end. And that doesn't mean that you can now be lazy. It just means that those are chinks in the armor that were patched up and then another chink happened and that is the nature of warfare you get better missiles they get better any aircraft or any missile systems and you get lasers and then they get counter lasers and it goes on forever and you realize it's actually a constantly moving river that's never over but it just does mean that you have to stay vigilant you got to go to the gym every day you got you can have some big mac every once in a while you can go visit your parents and eat five pounds of waffles like i did this last saturday and that's fine but you got to get back on the wagon, hit the gym. It doesn't mean it's over. So you can't just go, 2020 is over. It's happened. Nothing can happen. There is actually some lightness in realizing it's happened before. Okay. The next thing is, is the idea of parallel. You have to look at what has actually happened to find inspiration for why more can happen. Now, if three years ago you had you had told me we need a parallel uh, political party, I would have said, dude, that's okay. You're starry-eyed. But personally, being in the podcast community and being banned from YouTube and Reddit and iTunes and for a while Twitter and building back and then actually tripling my subscriber count on parallel platforms, Spotify, Rumble, Truth, Getter, right. I have now seen in three years the monolith of Google now become just like a, yeah, that was a hurdle. I had to get over it. It was difficult. It took a little bit, but I got over it and I'm actually doing better. That's that's inspiring. You go, I just I just did that. What else can I do? I just did 10 push-ups. I bet I can do 15. It might take a while, but I can do that. And then lastly, the attacks. You're always going to have attacks, right? And people are going to disagree. But we all have to understand that the attacks aren't just coming from the left. They're also coming from the right in the sense that there is a uniparty that is very different from you and I. You and 100%. your Democratic neighbor are much more alike than you and a Republican in a revolving door job at Raytheon. And you're going to have people attack you. And whether or not someone is directed by the government in some FBI COINTELPRO operation, or they are simply acting the same, it's the same thing. And so what do I mean by that? If we detect a missile launch coming over the North Pole, NORAD goes on high alert. Sometimes that missile is going to have a megaton warhead. Sometimes, and this has happened, 
it's a rover going to Mars that Russia didn't warn us about. The missile looks the same. If someone attacks you, it could very well be a, a federal operative. It might just be someone who's trying to get their own clout and profit from that. The effect is the same. If someone is dividing a movement by infighting, because if they're intelligent, they're not stupid, they may be evil, but they're not stupid. To attack from the outside, all that does is solidify a movement. It increases tribalism, it increases brotherhood, we now have a common enemy, it bonds us tighter together. All right. They come in and they start... Did you hear Greg Phillips might be an FBI agent? Did you hear Tommy Kerrigan has some history with the DOD? Yeah, I don't know about that. I just heard that. You get these whispers that create cracks in the foundation. So that doesn't mean that everyone that attacks you is an FBI agent. They might just be an asshole. That's fine, too. And if I'm actually being a bad person, I probably deserve attacks. But those three points, it's not all lost. There have been there have been stolen elections before. Parallel structures can exist. We all saw it with COVID and social media. And people are going to come and attack you, and they're going to come in sheep's clothing. And just be aware of that. Don't get flustered. Don't freak out. Just focus on finishing the drill and just take it as a sign that you're doing the right thing. And that that's my little five-minute inspirational speech. No, that's it. I mean, <laughs> you know, we, we, we package all this stuff and, you know, put it in some so, into some chapters, and we sell it as a Tell it as a, a war guide, right? I mean, mm. this is this is it. I mean, this is the game. You either get ready to fight, figure out where you fit in the game. Um, but if if you think you're going to get to stay, you know, inside the walls of the Alamo and shoot me in the back while I'm while I'm working, and I'm not going to fire back, you're sure mistaken. Somebody's, somebody's going to take you out, right? And so you know, it's it's fine. I mean, you're 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 spot on though with your with your assessment and your analogies and and. Um, you know, we as a we as a, a movement, I think in many ways are sort of too young to know, right? I mean, it, it, just like those lawyers that have only been in this for four years, you know, there's a substantial portion of people that that um, that support us and and help us and work with us uh, that have only been in it for four or five years, right? And sometimes it's hard for me to think back. Okay, well, I've I've been living this for you know my whole adult life. Um, and, uh, you know, and I get frustrated sometimes. Well, don't you remember? Oh, wait, you were, weren't even born yet, bro. Yeah. And, um, you know, and those kinds of things. But, but look, as I said, there are more people. I think what you can take heart with is there are more people involved in election integrity than ever in my lifetime. I can say that with, with absolute certainty. Now, are there still naysayers out there? Sure. But look at the polls. I mean, the polls broadly say Democrats, independents, Republicans, all polled. I think the average is now about 62, 64% of the people say, yeah, there was a problem. On the Republican side, on the, on the right, think about this. So you've got you've got the entire party apparatus hoping to ignore election integrity because they're afraid of it. They're afraid that they're going to lose because of it. They might get censored. They might get kicked off Twitter. They might, whatever. You know, they might lose a vote or whatever. But, man... If 80%, 80% of Americans don't agree on anything, but if 80% of the Republicans out there are people that predominantly, you know, vote Republican, believe that they're, that, that, that cheating's going on in these elections and that they are not free and fair, and you don't believe that, man, you're going to do everything you can do to shut me up and mm-hmm. shut everybody else up, mm-hmm. and that's what they do. That's exactly what they do. And, you know, are we going to shut up? Absolutely not. Folks like you, folks like me, you know, everybody on our teams, you know, we're, we're, we're ready for the fight. Let's go. Let's do it. 
and it might not even be that they don't believe it. It's that they know cheating is going on because they directly benefit from it. So of course they're yeah, or they, you. yeah, I was going to say or they're getting or they're getting paid for it, or mm -hmm. or uh, somebody's paying them to attack us or me or you or or whatever. Yeah, that's true. Whatever you know, it's a you know judgment day is going to be hell on those people. So, and this is one thing I always kind of find peace in is for people that go, well, you know, what happens if we keep fighting till death? Hey, man, even if everything works out perfectly you still die. Like, even best-case scenario still ends with you in a casket. So make peace with that. But be mindful. In a representative republic, it's it's our duty, right? Yes. We have to remain forever vigilant in these elections. The war, the, the, the elections are the battles. The war is for the republic. And this has been going on for 225 years. It's not going to end in 2024. It's not going to ever potentially end. No, this never. is what they do. They're trying to make it control. It's all in the end. It's about money, power, and control. And and, it, and if they, and if one or more of those is in play, you better get ready to fight. It'll it'll be this way forever. We will be doing mail-in ballots from a multi-planetary system, and there will be fraud. <laughs> it, it, it's that's just what it is. It's and just make peace with that. It's the nature of of what this is, and it is what it is. It's not hyperbolic to say that this is the hill to die on. When you look at how quickly all of the world went turnkey tyranny in a matter of months. It'll never happen here. Why do you need a gun? In a matter of months in 2020, the world went from like relatively all right to 1984. And it is there's a meme where it's, I think we've all seen it. There's a little town, there's a giant dam, and there's an ocean. And then you have the threat and whatever, and you can put whatever you want on the meme. And it, the, the big reservoir, it says global totalitarian police state. And then the dam says Americans with Second Amendment. And then the town is the rest of the world. There's a reason why. And there's obviously a spiritual sense because these people are deeply evil and want to project power over you. But then that's a whole another discussion for another time. But strategically, there's a re reason why they are so frothing at the mouth to destroy this republic. It's not that they hate the color of the flag or they don't like this landmass. They hate what this stands for. They hate this bastion of free for all of its flaws and there are many. They hate this bastion of freedom that people still to this day, to friends of mine from Bulgaria and Kosovo, still drag their balls over broken glass to become citizens of because of this place. They don't want that. They don't want for there to be a place for you to run to. They want you to feel hopeless. They want there to be no republic that is the shining city on the hill. They want despair. They want poverty. They want death. They are very open about that. Man, if you're waiting for the hill to die on, what what more are you looking for? What? I mean, do you ever look at like Tom Brady or Kobe Bryant when they get the ball for the last second of the play? And they would always talk about, like, I'm so nervous for it, but this is the thing I've dreamed about. My, you're a kid playing basketball. You always imagine game seven, fourth quarter, two seconds left. Is it nerve-wracking and do you want to throw up? Yes, but that's what you're also here for. Like, I don't know what else you want. It global totalitarian police state run by the World Economic Forum with open and admitted Malthusian intent. Is this not... I, if this isn't the hill to die on, God, I don't... You got high aspirations. I don't. Nothing will will satisfy your need. I just yeah, I could couldn't agree with you more, Tommy. I not mean, to get my heart rate up and start screaming, but no, <laughs> uh, dude, listen, it's it, it's it's frightening though how many folks you know still have their head in the sand. Mm. Uh, 
However, people, many, many, many thousands and thousands and thousands of people are awake. And I've been in races before where there was, you know, zero election integrity planning. Yeah. There was there was no one on the ground. They, they didn't have a plan for watching the polls. They didn't have a plan for how they were going to deal with cleaning the voter rolls and so on and so forth. Right. right. But the thing about this year is and next year, we know now. Right. We know. Now, are they going to come up with some new schemes? Are they going to sure. try to, you know, figure out some what well, I think there were 300 lawsuits that were directed at figuring out, you know, how do they get these all mail-in ballots and how do they get them mailed out to both active and inactive voters and how do they get these drop boxes in place and so on and so forth. They just had one of them this past week right in D.C. Uh, where they brought all these election, official, election uh, officials in and, and, you know, presumably they're, they're trying to figure out how they're going to cheat this year. So the next thing you can watch is where do all the lawsuits start flying, yeah. right? Right now, they're trying to bankrupt us by keeping us tied up in court on, on suits from two, three, four years ago. Um, but you can just watch. Watch what's going to happen. They're going to start picking off the states that are important to them, um, and they're going to start suing. And, and, and what they're suing for is going to be the guidepost. It's yeah. what we need to pay attention to. They always overplay their hand, mm -hmm. always. They never, they never know when to stop. Uh, but they also telegraph their moves. Yeah. And we've started doing that too, by the way, just like back in the back in the, the fall in Arizona. So for any of your people that are looking, I'm going to go ahead and watch it. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I was right. You were wrong. When the first day they came out and said, just vote on election day. Don't 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 do anything but vote on election day. They're going to they're going to cheat us if you vote early or whatever. Even if that was your plan, don't tell them that was the plan. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? Because. Because they knew what to do. They yeah. knew, oh, all, all we got to do is cheat on election day. So they did. Yes. Right? They came in and they changed the tabulators. They did everything so it would all start on election day. They're like, okay, well, they're not going to vote. They're not going to vote in mass on, you know, early because, you know, everybody's telling them, don't just vote on election day. Don't, you know, not everybody needs to know what you're doing. Stay sneaky. It's called OPSEC, guys. Yeah. Loose lips sink ships. Yeah. On, this has been going on from the beginning of the time. Shut up. Do your thing. Don't telegraph. Put a bunch of inflatable tanks. Make them think Patton's coming in from over there. Exactly. Come in, come inside. Come inside. It's exactly so the greatest info op of all time. Give it the absolute best. They took that soldier and threw his body on the shore and put fake messages on it saying we're gonna invade over here. Yeah, go full Eisenhower on him. But <laughs> Lastly, I kind of want to, and I know I gotta I'll let you go in a couple minutes. So we'll, we'll kind of wrap up on this. And I always think of, uh, I always think of like Tim Dillon. He's my favorite comedian. He's the most unholy man in the world. But he always makes fun of like inspirational speakers who are like, you just gotta go out, you gotta crush it, you gotta get it, and you just gotta get after it. And he's like, what does that mean? Where am I going? What am I crushing? What am I doing? It's it's great. It's inspirational. What am I doing? So like, I'll always tell people to start podcasts or start working out, and then I'll tell them what they can realistically do. I'll be like, get a laptop and just record your first episode. Go back to my first episode and it's horrible. And you learn. If you don't know how yeah, to work same. out, start doing push-ups, start doing sit-ups, and you'll learn from there. So you and I are you know, telling you to get out, to defend. The, we're getting all the good sound bites in there. It's the Alamo, blah, blah, blah. What can people actually do? So they finish the episode and then they're just sitting there in their chair and their heart rate's racing and they're like, now I don't know what to do. And I'm just thinking you're talking about lawyers who don't have the, you know, who don't have that experience. So, for instance, me, 
there are a lot of people I could contact that are lawyers that I could put in touch with you. But for the average person listening who's just listening to this and who wants to do something, but they don't know what to do, what do they do? You I mean, go into the description, go follow Greg, go follow his website, go follow him on truth. But like realistically, what can they do? Is there a place to go sign up to be a poll watcher? Is there a, is there something to follow? Is there a newsletter? Is there a, is there a, a book to read? What, what do the, What is something the average person can actually do? Yeah, it's a few practical things. The first is uh, to get ready for the elections. You got to start signing up in advance, right? Um, and uh, there's lots of great election integrity groups all over the country. Uh, Catherine and the team at True the Vote are, are have all sorts of mechanisms to get people plugged in, to refer you out, and to do things. They also have their own programs. Second thing is we have to clean the voter rolls, guys. We have to clean the voter rolls. We built an app last year called IV3, IV number three dot US. Um, and the purpose of IV3 was to allow citizens to help clean the voter rolls in your own county. You can go in and challenge people that don't live there anymore. Uh, we've got it. I don't know if it's still it's, it's we're going to relaunch it here in a couple of days. I don't know if it's still up right now. IV3.US. IV3.US. So we're going to push that back out into the world. But the other thing we're going to do, Tommy, okay. is we're going to we're, we're going to push this into we're going to take the code and make it open source. So if, if you don't like what we've built in IV3, go build your own. There you go. Here's one hundred thousand dollars worth of worth of development work in the can right here. You, you can have it. So we're going to push that out. The final thing we're going to do, which I'm really, really excited about, is we're going to team up with 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 our folks on the other side of our of our team. So we're going to team up with Patriot Games, and we're going to team Open Ink with it. And what we're going to do is we're going to create um, think of them as war games. We're going to teach people how to do research. We're going to teach people how to clean rolls. We're going to teach people how to go out and find data that needs to be ingested and made public. Um, and uh, so we've got a whole series of Patriot games that we're about to launch. So again, think of a game. Game is euphemism for war or battle, let's say. Um, so we're going to set up a whole bunch of war games, war battles, and uh, we're going to teach people how to do this, how to scrape. You know, a lot of people don't even know how to scrape legally. Um, and so there's all sorts of different tools. Uh, we're going to teach them how to play offense. We're going to teach them how to play defense for folks that want to do one, do the other. We're going to have some capture the flag type games where you can go in and partner with your, you know, with your buddies um, and uh, maybe win a prize or two. And and uh, and so we're going to try to engage more people on this front, all the while uh, being mindful of the timeline that will have us voting in the primaries before we know it. Um, and then we'll have us full on in, in the general election in 12, 12 months from today. Uh, you know, we'll already be ready to fight. And, um, and you know, having, having a fully trained group, like it's, it's like sending team guys, right? Team guys come in, people think, oh, man, they got to go through hell week and then they're done. Well, dude, you still got two, you still got, you still got two plus more years before you're even thinking about being done yeah. and in the teams, right? And then when you get out, you know, you, the team guys, they're bringing you in are you know kind of vet you and see who they're going to take right yeah. and everybody else gets kind of shoved off to the side so you know the, the the strong survive the best the best live to fight we've got to put our very best out there whether it's in you know many insurgencies uh counterinsurgencies around the country to help with these insurgencies that the that the left is building against us or whether it's just full-on out and out war to get these these um voter rolls clean um keep eyes on these drop boxes and, and um, 
you know, and all the other pieces that that go with uh, with the process that is so flawed and so broken that uh, got us into trouble. The final thing is we have to we have to adequately and properly target. We're building a a targeting mechanism that's allowing us to score states and score um, precincts and uh, counties, and then down to precincts, down to census blocks. We're going to be able to give those those people at that local level all of the information they need all the way down to the actual house who they need to go knock on that door whether it's to get folks out to vote they're gonna we're gonna teach them how to get eyes on and uh and we've got a whole series of things going on it, it's fun it's interesting we've got we've got tons of tech we can deploy into this um you know between us all i think we've got a hundred and something years of experience in election integrity uh we have the biggest data store regarding elections in the world and uh, we're going to use it all and we're going to bring it to bear on this problem. And, um, you know, if folks don't think that we think that we can win this electoral college, they're wrong. Yeah. And so I just updated the description. And if you're watching the podcast right now on Rumble, it, refresh it after it's over and I'll have it updated. But I have IV3.us. I have the link in there. I also put in the register to vote on just us.gov. Just f- find out how to vote. I have the link to your podcast, Patriot Games, and then I have the link to your Truth Social. For and this is just open, something kind of popping into my Open Ink, Open, open Ink. Let me, let, me, let me put that in there too. Open. Yeah, Open Ink's fun, guys. I mean, Open Ink's going to be a blast. We've done. Uh, it's ultimately going to think of it as an alternative search engine. All the stuff that Google's hiding, all the stuff that that Bing's hiding, and and the 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 normal index search engines. It's that, but we're also going to be generating. Um, what we call special collections. So the first one we put out just to kind of test how it would go, we put all of that conic data with the people that got us put in jail. We put all of the conic data up there. So it's opening slash con open dot ink slash conic. We put it up on a Monday by Tuesday, the lawyer, the lawyers on the other side wanted to drop the case. You can fight back with information. We can gather, we can fight back. We can do this together. Don't quit. Don't back off, strengthen your backbone. And, uh, Find somebody like Tommy. Find somebody like us, and you know, partner up and let's go fight. So I got Open Inc. Ivy Three US. Register to vote. I have you linked to your podcast. I have the Truth Social, and lastly, TrueTheVote.org. TrueTheVote.org. Let me get that in there. And TrueTheVote.org. TrueTheVote.org. All right, I will put yeah. th- that in there as well. And again, guys, if you're looking at the Rumble description, uh, it'll be in there after I <clears throat> update the description and whenever this podcast ends in a couple of seconds or a couple of minutes. Um, for lawyers, you know, you t- got to have people that know how to, you know, I, my buddy Dale was uh, in Delta Force for 20 years. And uh, what you're talking about is, you know, get through hell week. Dale said that when he was finally got through selection, through the hell of selection, they get there and this commander goes, if you don't give 110% every single day, you can give 110% every day for a decade. If on the next day you stop giving 110%, you're gone. He goes, selection is a continuous process. You either retire, Amen. get killed, or you're cut. <laughs> There's no, and that's 100%. That's Dale. Dale's a machine. And that's why Delta is the most effective that's, fighting force in the world. That's why Delta is Delta, and that's why Dale is Dale. And so for lawyers, you talk about train how you fight and always be there and be ready. For lawyers that want to get involved, is there a way to contact you is there an about us is there uh because i know not everyone can just tweet at you or truth social at you you're one man you can't respond to everyone is there something is there a general email or website that they can go say hey i'm a lawyer and wherever and i'd like to donate my time yeah truthevote.org truthevote.org okay uh, 
Yeah, Catherine's gathering up um, uh, a lot of that. Uh, we started to build a team already. Um, probably later this year, we're going to build up a little bit of a fund. One of the other things they're doing is they're out suing just regular folks, uh, podcasters and others. They, they sue them and get them, you know, to spend ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 just to come in and give a deposition about, you know, what they said on XYZ podcast. And, you know, that's a, it's a, it's a, you know, for the for the uninitiated, I mean, it's like, well, wait, what? Why mm -hmm. do they want to talk to me? Yeah. Uh, but the reality is, what they're trying to do is they're trying to bankrupt you. And next time you want to have Greg Phillips or one of us on your podcast, they want you to think, ah, I might get in trouble, or I might have to go do another deposition, or I might have to go spend ten grand on a lawyer. Um, so we're going to build a fund. We're going to we're going to put together some ways that you know patriots that are exposing themselves to all of this have a place to go we've already started supporting people this year we've got a big case going in arizona it wasn't ours we just supported them with with the legal team uh we've got another one going on in florida right now where we supported a group with the legal team and and so we've got a long way to go we've got a lot to build but it's that whole parallel party thing mm -hmm. right if the party's not going to do it and the party's not going to help and what do you do yeah right and, and again, I'm not advocating for the devolution of the of the party, and if the party sure. just completely go away, uh, that's not that's not true. But you know, we got a lot to think about. And lastly, I would say on a personal note, so I put all those links in there. What can you do listening? And this kind of just applies to life. It sounds silly, but I mean, you truly you want a black and white difference in your life. Get eight hours of sleep, and go do ten minutes of exercise a day. That. That will put you in not just to go fight and protect the election. You'll do better at a job interview, man. Just as a personal thing, meditate, pray, whatever you want. Find God. If you're not religious, that's fine. Meditate. Sleep, exercise, and take 10 minutes a day of just quiet contemplation. That's just generally applicable to all things in life. So take care of yourself. Amen. Mr. Greg Phillips, thank you so much for your time, sir. Always an honor having you on. I will forever hate you for your beard, and I'm jealous of it, but I will look past that as my own character flaw. And uh, Thanks, brother. Try to grow my own beard one day. Appreciate great, you, man. Great Talk films. soon. Love you, brother. Thank you so much, guys. Thank God you, bless. Brother. Please go do the right thing. Thank you for watching. Greg, Till next time. Recording Thank you so much. Stopped. Take care, everybody. Much love. Peace.